It is Friday, October 30th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 8 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me again are Jared Smola and Tyler Syracuse. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Week seven had huge fantasy points everywhere. I managed to edge Jared in the crown his ass challenge basically because Travis Kelsey sucked. But Jared, the big story here is that Tyler was so overwhelmed by the buffet that he just fainted without filling his plate. So he's now cheated both you and I out of money. It, it sounds like his lineup would have won, but we're going to ignore that since he didn't bother entering one. So he's cheated each of us out of an entry fee officially. So I think the only fair resolution here is for us to split his biggest win in week eight. Well, see, the worst thing about this is Tyler didn't get his lineup in on DK or FanDuel. You won on DraftKings and you got paid for it. FanDuel refunds you when the contest doesn't fill. So despite winning, I did not get paid for it. So I don't know. I think I think you might owe me a beer. I think Tyler might owe me a beer. I don't know. Some, someone owes me a beer. I don't know. I think you guys should feel lucky because I scored like 225 on DraftKings and uh, over 170 on FanDuel because I had Tyler lock it on both sides. So he pretty much locked it up for me on both sides. Nice. <laughs> By the way, this is not unprecedented on FanDuel. I think the we had one of those staff competitions go free a couple of years ago when my family was uh, had the uh, carbon monoxide incident on Thanksgiving. Uh, that's right. <laughs> I just remembered that as we were getting this show going. Anyway, the lineup that beat Jared, at least, on DraftKings, for example, scored about 148.5 points or 184.5 points, and I didn't win any of my other head-to-heads. That's how high-scoring a week it was on DraftKings. Basically, one miss – uh, lost you any competition. I don't really have any other overall takeaways from it. What about you, Jared? Yeah, I mean, like you said, what killed me here was Kelsey. I mean, again, that's, I always tell you guys, that's why I don't pay up for tight end. I finally pay up for Kelsey, and, you know, he, he busts for me. But, yeah, I mean, last week was about adjusting to the news, and, you know, this this wasn't the lineup I ended up playing in cash. I, I luckily was able to get on Devontae Adams and Kyler Murray, actually, which was kind of the key to winning last week. So, you know, I, after all my Kareem Hunt talk last week, I ended up actually not playing him in cash, which actually was the key because, you know, Geo basically scored the same amount of points and was what, like two or $3,000 cheaper. Yeah. I mean, certainly locking in a lineup on Saturday morning is not the way to do it when everybody else is going to be locking in lineups on Sunday. We put them out there so that people can see the players that we're looking to play. Tyler, any overall takeaways from the lineups that you did play last week? Yeah, I mean, I knew it was going to be an extremely high-scoring week with the running back values we had on the slate, with Jamal Williams being min-priced and Gio being slightly above. So I wanted to get in a lot of upside at the wide receiver position. It ended up working out with Tyler Lockett. DraftKings, specifically, I got lucky with the Joe Burrow play because he came in at just 4% owned, and he was the second-highest-scoring quarterback on the slate, only behind Kyler Murray. So anytime you have the second-highest-scoring quarterback and then at low ownership, and then Lockett was under 10% as well, so... They were the keys to my lineup, and uh, like I said, I scored like 225, so I pretty much swept all my 50-50s and head-to-heads. Jared and I will be back at it for round eight of the Crown's Ass Challenge. I assume Tyler will jump back <laughs> in, uh, but, you know, we'll see. It's a, It'll be a surprise for all of us. The season standings are now at four for me, two for Jared, one for Mr. Hide-and-Seek over here. We will post the lineups. We're playing against each other on Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, Jared, 
why don't you get us going with a cash QB? This week we have a bunch of potential weather games. So, you know, more than any other week, um, you know, don't settle on a lineup until at least Sunday morning. I mean, I, I'm not making any any weather-based decisions right now. You know, the forecasts are going to change. I think, you know, by like noon on Sundays when we finally, I think, know how much wind we're going to have in these games. And that's what we want to worry about. If the winds get above like 20 miles per hour, it definitely impacts passing. So I'm going cheap at cash quarterback this week. It's either going to be Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo. If if the wind's not an issue in Cleveland, I'm going to lean towards Carr. You know, he, he's been steady all season, 20-plus uh, DraftKings points in four of his last five games, including last Sunday against a tough Bucks defense. Now he gets the Browns, who are bottom four in both passing yards and passing touchdowns allowed. So Carr is my top option. And then Garoppolo is just an easy pivot down at $100 cheaper if we need to. You know, he, he gets the Seahawks past events that basically every quarterback besides Kirk Cousins has gone off against Seattle so far this season. Yeah, not only is it a good matchup because it's not a great defense, but they've been driving up passing volume. And we'll be talking about uh, more of, of that Seahawks matchup going forward. Tyler, what's your lean here for Cash QB? It's going to be a cheap quarterback for me as well. I'm leaning towards Garoppolo. I think he's going to have elevated um, volume this week with basically most of the 49ers running backs ruled out with injury. Uh, Jarek McKinnon reported to be dealing with with dead legs, so it's going to be the that hasty guy most of most of the time probably. Uh, McKinnon's going to be in there as well, and he's a good pass catcher. Honestly, like Garoppolo is really not a great quarterback. He rarely shows a good ceiling, but he's got pretty good players after the catch uh, still there with George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Jarek McKinnon. So, and you know, um, Coach Shanahan's going to scheme those guys open and let those guys run after the catch so they could kind of elevate Jimmy in such a good matchup. And uh, with the elevated play volume, I think he should be able to get the 300 air bonus. And if he gets a couple scores, he'll, he'll be over 20 points this week, no problem. Yeah, we mentioned it last or yesterday on the preview show, but the Seahawks have faced the most pass attempts in the league, and the next 12 teams behind them in the rankings have all played one more game than they have. So opponents are throwing a lot. Not only because it's a soft pass defense, but because the Seahawks are scoring a bunch of points. So you got to throw to chase uh, from behind. I agree with those two cheap options. I agree with um, Garoppolo being attractive this week and watching the weather on Derek Carr. There are also lots of values at other positions, though. So I'm all, I'm not ruling out um, going up to Ryan Tannehill even at 6800 or Joe Burrow more likely at 6200 $600 cheaper than Ryan Tannehill. Um, I can see those fitting into the lineups. As Jared mentioned, we'll be watching the weather into the weekend, of course, updating it on Draft Sharks as we find games that might be impacted um, by weather in those cities. Uh, over at GPP, Jared, what you got? Yeah, and, and Tennessee-Cincinnati is another game that might have wind. Um, so I'm watching that because that, that's my favorite tournament game if the wind's not a major concern. And honestly, in tournaments, even with the wind, I might still play it because, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you're – willing to take on more downside in tournaments. But Ryan Tannehill is my favorite quarterback option. Um, Six to 800 bucks. It actually, you know, feels like a little expensive for Tannehill, but he comes in third among quarterbacks in our dollars per point value ranking. So, you know, we like him based on the projections. He's shown upside all season. He has 26 plus DraftKings points in three of six games this season. Um, You know, he's faced a couple of bad pass defenses already in Jacksonville and Houston and tossed four touchdowns in both of those games. The Bengals are, 26th in football outsiders past defense DVOA. So it's another good matchup for Tannehill. And I think he's an easy stack with AJ Brown and Johnu Smith. Um, you know, Smith's a guy I think is a potential cash game play at his price tag. So you know, I think he's, he's definitely a nice stack with Tannehill in addition to AJ Brown. I, I wouldn't play Tannehill without Brown. 
Mm. Yeah. He also has a third game where he had three touchdown passes and, and one rushing. Plus, if it is windy, they can just stand Derrick Henry on that side of the field to block the wind from getting to him. So that's an advantage that most quarterbacks are not going to have. Um, Tyler, what about you for GPP quarterback? I like Russell Wilson up at 7.8 thousand. The Niners defense just isn't the same without Bosa and Sherman. Uh, Russell Wilson's been locked in as a QB one in all six games this season. He's been extremely consistent. He's still the MVP MVP favorite. And they're another team that might lean more pass heavy as well. uh, Assuming Chris Carson misses with his foot injury. I know that game has a little bit slower pace, but if both teams are throwing more, it might slow the play clock down a little bit more if there's incomplete passes and both teams are capable of long explosive plays, which will help the game total in general. I think Lamar Jackson's underpriced at 7.4 thousand. He's just way too close in price to a lot of quarterbacks that don't run the ball. And if he gets past that defensive line, I think the linebackers for Pittsburgh are pretty weak without Devin Bush. And he could rip off a couple long runs. And he's got a great shot at the 100-yard rushing bonus this week, in my opinion. Uh, the only other one I had was Justin Herbert, 6.9 thousand. He's been extremely productive the last three games, finishing in the top eight in all three. He's another guy that has elite rushing upside. I don't think the matchup's too concerning. I'll have to check back on the weather. But the Broncos are an okay defense. But he's he's done it against a lot of good defenses. So I don't think there's any reason that that Denver's going to slow him down either. Yeah, I agree with that. I can't argue against having a Lamar Jackson lineup out there. I can't say that he would be one of my targets for this week, especially when Ryan Tannehill is coming in several hundred dollars cheaper and a much better matchup. I I got Tannehill down. I've got Joe Burrow down. Again, he's $600 cheaper. He showed us the upside last week. It's another good matchup in a game that should be a shootout. He should be chasing, should have to throw the ball a lot. I mean, Joe Burrow has been about as good a bet for 300 yards as anybody in the league. So um, I can't argue with the upside on him. Similarly with Russell Wilson, as you mentioned, he's just been doing it against everybody. And he's one of the few quarterbacks who could throw four touchdowns on like 25 pass attempts. One other guy that I want to throw out there is Kirk Cousins at $6,000, 1.6% projected ownership. Best fantasy outing so far this year came the last time out, even though he threw three interceptions in that game. So he could have a bad game and still deliver fantasy points for us. I expect this matchup to increase his passing volume, which we have seen happen over Kirk Cousins' past two games. Two-plus touchdown passes in four of his five losses this year. I expect them to lose this game at Green Bay. So, again, I expect that to drive up his passing. The game has the third-highest over-under on the main slate. So, you know, we're expecting some points from here. And there are some clear stacking options for Kirk Cousins. We've got Irv Smith included in that group not a clear one but he's on that cheap end at tight end if you're trying to get creative and also Devontae Adams running it back from the other side about as good a bet for you know top shelf targets and production as you can get um, on the other side of that matchup yeah you could run it back with Jamal Williams too if you wanted to I, I saw Tyler shaking his head though when you mentioned Kirk Cousins yeah I just see the high projected wins and not in a dome it really scares me with Kirk Cousins mm. and Jair Alexander is going to take away one of those guys, and then they're going to double the other guy. So I don't like the matchup in general. Pretty bad offensive line, too. I know the Vikings are coming off a bye, but before the bye, we saw Cousins throw three first-half interceptions against a terrible Falcons defense. So I'm just going to steer clear from that team for a little while until until Cousins proves me wrong. I could certainly understand that. On to running back, Jared. What do you like for cash? Oh, you guys know I'm going back to Kareem Hunt here. 6,900 bucks. You going to stick with it this week, though? We'll see. I mean, I, I don't expect that. I, well, I guess maybe if DJ Dallas opens up from Seattle, that might give me off cream hunt. We'll see again. You know, I, I'm not finalizing a lineup this week until 
Sunday late morning once we get weather stuff. But um, Kareem Hunt's price only went up 100 bucks, 6900. Um, you know, he got all the usage we could have asked for last week. He played 90 percent of the snaps. Uh, handled 18 of the Browns, 19 running back carries, got all four of the running back targets. And this matchup is even better um, against the Raiders than last week was against the Bengals. Uh, Vegas 29th in football outsiders run defense DVOA, 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. We you know we, we know Cleveland wants to run as much as possible anyways. If, if there is a win in this game, you know, that's only going to push them further towards the run. So Hunt, just a, a great volume bet at the price tag and a good matchup. Tyler, what you got? I'm going to agree with the Draft Sharks model, and I think I'm going to go to Miles Gaskin, who's sitting atop the Draft Sharks model for running backs in terms of points per dollar play. He's just underpriced on DraftKings at 5,200. I like Gio Bernard and Jamal Williams as well. Um, it looks like Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon both got ruled out. Uh, some updates are coming in on the Seattle backs. Uh, Chris Carson questionable, DJ uh, Travis Homer questionable, and Carlos Hyde is doubtful. So that's a situation we'll definitely have to monitor. If DJ Dallas is the only healthy guy, he'll probably be a pretty uh, pretty good option in cash games and GPPs because I'm assuming he's sitting at 4,000. And then Jamal Williams, 6.1,000, Geo, 5.7K. I just think they're underpriced for their role still. They, they pretty much jumped right into that workhorse role. Matchup isn't great for either of them. I'm a little bit concerned about Cincinnati missing three offensive linemen, but... Gio Bernard plays really well in the passing game. So if the offensive line's getting killed, we can see him getting a couple more dump offs, which which plays better on DraftKings. And then I just expect the Packers to dominate the Vikings. And at six point one thousand, Jamal Williams should should definitely pay off value there. Uh, Gio Bernard's a little bit harder for me to like this week with Daryl Henderson at fifty nine hundred. Uh, the receiving is definitely there. But, I mean, if he doesn't get that receiving touchdown and if the rushing stays bad, uh, I could see Daryl Henderson easily outproducing him this week, certainly in play. But I'm just a little bit less excited about Giro this week than I was last week. And especially, as you mentioned, with Miles Gaskin available at 5,200. Ninth among running backs and targets. He's already had his bye. Um, so that doesn't even factor into the numbers there. Four-plus targets in every game for Miles Gaskin. Four-plus catches in five of his six games. That angle is important because of the potential for negative game script against the Rams, but they're also just three and a half point underdogs at home with a, a with a first time starter at quarterback. So I'm not sure that they're going to actually get beaten up by these Rams, who whose offense doesn't really look like the kind of offense that's going to dominate uh, the matchup. That's going to matter for Miles Gaskin's carry total. It certainly knocks at his floor a little bit. Eight point seven carries per game and three losses. Eighteen point seven carries per game three wins so he'll be in better shape if they are leading but again the receiving angle helps him just like it does bernard you guys playing derrick henry in cash not on DraftKings. he's in play for me i mean eight thousand against the bengals i think he's more attractive than alvin Kamara this week at 8200 against the bears i think lean Kamara straight up just michael thomas got ruled out and Kamara's always got a chance for 10 plus targets so i would favor Kamara on DraftKings. Um, if we have the if we have the money, I'll, I'll probably look to play Derrick Henry over on FanDuel, but I don't think he's in play for cash on DraftKings. What about you, Jerry? He's, he's definitely in play for me. Um, you know, I'm not really sure where we're spending up this week. I mean, I guess we can talk about Devontae Adams next, but he's 8,800 bucks. If there's any wind in Green Bay, I'm not going to play Devontae Adams in cash. Um, and I don't know. I, I get Tyler's point about Kamara over Henry. Um, you know, with Henry being even a couple hundred bucks cheaper, though, I kind of lean towards him, honestly. I just think it's another great spot. You know, bad run defense, Titans, favorites. Um, 
I, I just think Henry's a great touchdown back. I mean, you know, he's going to get 20 plus carries and he's not a zero in the passing game. I mean, he's been catching, you know, two or three balls a game this year. So it's like the situation we had when he faced Houston a couple weeks ago, where I, I was often then, I don't think that he's as much of a must play as somebody like Alvin Kamara would be in as good a matchup. But I also am going to make sure that I don't underplay Derrick Henry this time, because even though he's not going to see, you know, there's no chance that he catches seven balls in this game, but there's a chance that he goes for 200 yards and scores toys. Yeah, he's $700 more expensive than he was for that Houston game, and the matchup isn't quite as good. He's not as, you know, I thought he was almost a lock uh, two weeks ago. This week, you know, it's it's definitely a question, but he's he's definitely in play for cash. What else are you looking at on the GPP side, Jared? Yeah, you mentioned Daryl Henderson. He probably doesn't do enough in the passing game for me to play him in cash, but I love him in tournaments. Uh, I mentioned on yesterday's week eight preview podcast that the Rams are first in football outsiders run offense DVOA and the Dolphins are dead last in run defense DVOA. So just a massive mismatch there. Um, Henderson's usage has, has been steady. I mean, it's kind of annoying how much Malcolm Brown gets in there at times, but Henderson has 14 plus carries in three straight games and four of the last five overall. Um, he's also the Rams goal line back. He's third in the NFL and carries inside the 10 yard line fifth and carries inside the five yard line. So there's definitely a touchdown upside here. Um, you know, 5,900 bucks. I think he's going to be super low owned on DraftKings. I, I like him a lot. I think he could get hundred plus yards and a couple scores out of him in this game. Tyler, what do you like? We mentioned most of the guys in play. The only guy, other guy I had was JK Dobbins at 4.6 thousand. It's looking like Mark Ingram is not going to play. I know they're still going to use uh, Gus Edwards quite a bit and the matchup isn't good, but I think Dobbins has some upside at 4.6 thousand. And they'll probably look to use him a little bit more this week. Interesting that Le'Veon Bell is the same price as J.K. Dobbins. And, and they, they, they kind of feel like similar guys to me. Like, we don't know exactly how much work they're going to get. Um, you know, Bell obviously in the better spot overall. But I think they're both interesting tournament plays. I can see sticking either of them in lineups. I'm personally going to be avoiding them because I have no idea how often Le'Veon Bell is getting the ball. J.K. Dobbins has a negative rushing matchup. And I don't know that they're going to throw him the ball enough to make up for it. I, I hope. I hope that J.K. Dobbins works out this week because that makes him a good fantasy play going forward. But I would be more inclined to give him a shot if they weren't playing Pittsburgh this week. Yeah. Yep. On to wide receiver for cash. Jared, what do you got? So I don't think we need to waste any time on Keenan Allen at 6,200. His price didn't move for some reason after, you know, he gets another massive target share, catches 10 balls last week. So I, I think he should be in your cash game lineup. Um, beyond that, I, I think you want one of the 49ers, wide receivers with Debo Samuel out. So Brandon Ayuk is 5,800 bucks. Kendrick Bourne, 3,500 bucks. Ayuk is the more exciting play for sure. Like I think he's a bigger talent, you know, the first round rookie. He, I think has some rushing upside in this game. I expect the Niners to, you know, get him a carry or two probably, but I'm honestly leaning towards Kendrick Bourne just for the savings at 3,500 bucks. Um, you know, he averaged 5.3 targets per game over the first three without Debo Samuel. Kendrick Bourne led the 49ers wide receivers and pass routes in all three of those games. So he's going to be on the field and, you know, the Seahawks wide receiver defense is just so bad. Um, you know, if you give me five or six targets out of Bourne against this defense, I think he's a great play at 3,500 bucks. Yeah. I think a key story this week at wide receiver is there are more than the usual number of options in the three K range uh, at this position there. You'll see a bunch of names pop up in the dollars per point rankings on, on the draft sharks lineup generator, Kendrick Bourne and Darnell Mooney are my two favorites in that range, both at 3,500, 
They're tied atop our DK dollars per point rankings. I think Bourne's the safer option here because he's in a more solid offense with a better quarterback. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not incredible, but he's better than Nick Foles at this point. He's rebounded from that awful outing against Miami for 74% completions over the past two weeks. Kendrick Bourne got solid target shares early in the year, as Jared mentioned, with injuries elsewhere at wide receiver. At wide receiver, Debo Samuel is out. We mentioned the Seahawks bump where we could see easily 40 plus pass attempts from the 49ers in this game, which would help everybody. And the big salary difference between Kendrick Bourne and Brandon Ayuk, I think makes him an easy play. I think Darnell Mooney is also in play though, because of how low that salary is because Allen Robinson is doubtful with his concussion. Darnell Mooney has been a poster boy so far for unrealized air yards. Nick Fold lowers that floor. Like I said, I mean, he could see eight targets and catch two of them and that's not going to help you at any price, but it's a positive matchup. The Saints remain solid overall on defense, but they're not scary at outside corner. And Anthony Miller still costs $800 more than Darnell Mooney. So there's a big gap between those guys, even though Darnell Mooney's seen more targets and put up more receiving yards. Yeah, Mooney would be tournament only for me, but I definitely like him. You know, he, He's just due to catch one of those long balls that Foles keeps missing him on. That's another potential win the game, so we'll have to watch it on Sunday morning. Tyler, what you got for cash or wide up? Yeah, it's looking like there's a lot of wide receiver value this week with Michael Thomas being ruled out, Allen Robinson being ruled out, and Debo Samuel being ruled out. So you guys talked about the wide receiver values there. Haven't decided yet between Kendrick Bourne and Darnell Mooney. I tend to agree with you that Bourne has a higher floor and Mooney has a higher ceiling. In the mid-range, I like Tyler Boyd. He seems like he's a little overpriced at 6,600, but he's coming off a 13-target game, and I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in that Bengals-Titans game. And I think he's just easily the the best stacking option with Joe Burrow. He's the guy that Burrow trusts the most and is targeted the most as well. So between him and, and Keenan Allen, I think I'm going to look to to them in cash and then roster one of those guys at 3,500. Over in GPPs, what you got, Jared? I got a bunch of guys I like in GPPs this week. Um, my first guy is Tyreek Hill. So I don't think I'm going to play like a Chiefs stack because I think they're a bit overpriced and I don't think their ceiling is super high. Just I don't think the Jets are going to keep up with them and sort of four the Chiefs to keep scoring. So I'm probably not going to play like a Mahomes, Tyreek, Kelsey lineup. I, I want to get, I think, either Tyreek or Kelsey in most of my tournament lineups. I think one of those guys probably goes off here because the, the matchup's just unbelievable against, you know, this this Jets defense. So Tyreek Hill, still 6700 bucks, Good price on him. Justin Jefferson, 6500 bucks. Tyler probably disagrees with this one, but I, yeah, I think Jair Alexander is going to shadow uh, Adam Thielen. That's going to give Justin Jefferson a good matchup against Josh Jackson. Um, you know, we've seen Jefferson's upside already this season, so I like him. Then my last guy is Marquise Brown, 6100 bucks. You know, the, the Steelers struggle against wide receivers in general. They're 30th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wideouts, and they especially struggle covering the deep ball. Football Outsiders has them 30th against deep passes. So you know, it's a good matchup for Brown to, you know, catch one or two of those deep balls. Yeah, Tyler, I think you've been waiting for Marquise Brown week all season. Seems like it might be it. Yeah, haven't looked into him too much. I know that matchup's a little scary, but I do like the Ravens in general this week. I think they're going to beat Pittsburgh pretty easily. Uh, Andrews has a nice matchup with some of the linebackers being injured on Pittsburgh. A couple other wide receivers I had this week were A.J. Brown in a good matchup against the Bengals. Kenny Galladay going up against the Colts. Looks like we'll probably get him pretty low-owned. And then Henry Ruggs, 4.9,000 against the Browns. The Browns have like the second worst pass defense besides the Seahawks. Ruggs hasn't really been getting targeted, but he's obviously the most athletic wide receiver on the team. So it would make sense for them to start using him a little bit more. I know he was dealing with some injuries early on in the season, but I think he's always in play in GPPs. 
And then, of course, the the Niners and the Seahawks guys. I think that's my favorite game stack of the week. So I'll be looking at all four or five wide receivers from that game. I'll throw in Stephon Diggs as well. So Josh Allen's had three straight lackluster games here, but Diggs has still seen 16, 8, and 11 targets in those games. He's had six-plus catches in every game except the Week 3 matchup with the Rams so far. He's likely to go under-own. I think he was projected at about 5% ownership as of this morning. And Stephon Gilmore looks like he's trending toward being out for this game. He left Thursday's practice with a knee injury, did not practice Friday. They're listing him as questionable. So I know we'll see if Stephon Gilmore is in that game. He has not been quite Stephon Gilmore from last season, and they have been more beatable than they were last year in coverage. But obviously, if Stephon Gilmore is out, it only helps the matchup for Stephon Diggs. So I'll be watching that one. I agree with Jefferson and, and plenty of the other wideouts that you guys have talked about in this position. Yeah, I mean, on Gilmore, I know PFF has J.C. Jackson as the Pats' top corner. I don't really buy that. I think if Gilmore's out, it's a pretty significant matchup upgrade for, for Diggs. I, I like him a lot as a tournament play if, if Gilmore's out. Over at tight end, lots of options, it seems like, at various levels this week. Tyler, what are you playing for cash here? Tight end, I just pulled up the Draft Sharks model here, and Janu Smith is atop the points per dollar. Once again, he's sitting at 4,100. He's got the highest projected ownership on the slate, and once again, I hadn't considered him yet this week. I think all <laughs> tight ends are in really good spots. So for cash, if you need the savings, I think I would prefer Hunter Henry to Jonu Smith. Hunter Henry's just $100 more. He still had seven targets last week, didn't do anything in the box score, but Justin Herbert's been balling all season. We all know he, he loves going to Keenan Allen, but Hunter Henry's definitely his second favorite target. If we have the savings, I think George Kittle could easily get over 12 targets so i think he's in a really good spot against seattle travis kelsey going up against the jets coming off a really bad game he's in play as well mark andrews going up against the steelers uh i think he's my least favorite tight end among the highest priced guys and then the only one other one was darren waller 5.6 thousand i just think he's underpriced should see 10 targets in a really good matchup so i'll probably be mixing and matching those five tight ends in gpps and then in cash it's i think tight end might be my last position I pick this week and just whatever I have left pick my favorite option in that price range yeah we'll see what the Steelers defense looks like as they continue to move forward without Devin Bush they've only had one game since he went down so far so I don't know how much that's going to impact the tight end coverage I know that Devin Bush actually played less last year because he wasn't playing well in coverage and I think it's more about the safeties there so it has not been a good matchup for tight ends I agree with leaning away from Mark Andrews this week and I agree with uh, some of the other guys you mentioned Johnny Smith is a favorite for me at 4,100 against the Bengals. A ceiling play, I think, in mid-range. I know his playing time was down last week. He had the ankle going in. He had the negative matchup. So we'll see going forward what that looks like. But he's off the injury report, so I don't think the ankle is a worry. So I'm going to go back to what he was doing before last week and trust that he's a key piece for them and see that there is a high ceiling against the Bengals who allowed those three touchdowns to Brown tight ends last week. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't argue with Tyler that Hunter Henry is probably a tad safer than Jonu Smith, basically at the same price. But I am leaning towards Jonu just for that ceiling. I think Darren Waller is the best cash game, you know, pay-up option at tight end. He, he leads all tight ends with 9.3 targets per game. Um, and then if you want to go super cheap, I think Harrison Bryant is an option again. You know, he was priced up at only to 3200 bucks. You know, still a pretty nice price tag there. Um, you know, he led David Njoku in pass routes and targets last week and has another good matchup here against the Raiders. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Irv Smith for the Vikings is also in play at 3000 against the Packers. Packers are 27th in tight end coverage DVOA. So 
Um, I think both of those guys, if you do want to go super cheap and pay up elsewhere. On the GPP side, Tyler, who's your favorite target? Just the guys I mentioned in that in that upper range. I'd like to get overweight on all of them, and I think those are going to be the five tight ends I play. I'm not going to mess around with Harrison Bryant or Njoku or Hayden Hurst or any of those other cheaper tight ends. I've played Eric Ebron the last couple of weeks, so I think I'm done with him. Yeah, I'm just going to go for ceiling at the tight end position. It's kind of been a theme of the season, and I think – Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, and Waller all have a chance at multiple touchdowns this week. So I'm going to try to overweight the fields uh, with all four of them. Jared, what about you? Yeah, it's it's Kelsey for me again. I, I want to get, um, I think, either Kelsey or Tyreek Hill in most, if not all, of my tournament lineups this week. I agree with the ceiling on all those high-priced guys, but I think Johnny Smith is in the same class as far as ceiling goes. And if we're talking over here, then we worry a little bit less about you know, the chance that he continues to play fewer snaps. I, I just don't think, I don't see any reason for Johnny Smith to keep playing fewer snaps. I think that was just a matter of managing his ankle sprain last week. There's, he's shown up the ceiling. We know that the offense is good. It's the second highest over under for the week. Johnny Smith is also underpriced this week. Week one is the only time this season that he's been cheaper than the 4,100 he is this week. He was 4,000 that week. He has spent three weeks at 5,200. He spent last week at 4,700 before dropping down to this week's price after the dud against the Steelers, which we already know is a negative matchup for tight ends on the season. And I mean, his route rate was down last week, but his uh, pass blocking rate was also down. So it wasn't like they were taking him off routes to actually block in the passing game. He was just playing a little bit less. They had Michael Pruitt come back from the COVID list after two weeks off. So Pruitt took on some more snaps. Playing time did not shift to Anthony Ferkser. You know, there's some developing situation there. We'll see. Jonu Smith is not as good a bet for um, playing time as we would like to see at the position. Certainly not as those top shelf guys. But he has shown us that he has that multiple touchdown upside in this mid-range of price. Maybe on Johnny. Over at Flex, Jared, what do you like? So the only guy I have here that we haven't talked about is A.J. Green, who is just 4500 bucks, And, like, if you had told me I'd be talking about A.J. Green on DraftKings like a month ago, I would have said, you're crazy. But he's he's gotten it going again these last couple of weeks. He has 17.6 and then 15.2 DraftKings points in the last two games. And he has a team-high 24 targets over that span. You know, I think the target projection for his price is, is pretty nice. And he has the matchup against Tennessee – um, they're 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And he scored those points without a touchdown in either game. Correct. Tyler, you have any other names to throw in? No, I just think it's it's going to be a double tight end week for me in, in um, not the majority of my lineups, but definitely more than last week. And then just make sure that your flex players in one of those later 4 p.m. games, Ravens, Steelers, Broncos, Chargers, or a couple of the, the 4 p.m. games, we might have to pivot to DJ Dallas if Chris Carson and Travis Homer get ruled out. So I like to definitely have that flex position available this week, and we'll be able to pivot uh, accordingly based on injury news and weather news as, as it comes in. Yeah, Saints-Bear is also a late game, and they've got Jimmy Graham that we haven't mentioned yet at 4,600. I think he's in play if we're looking double tight ends. I mean, Michael Thomas is out. That leaves a whole bunch of targets still available. We don't know about Marquez Callaway. There's really just not a whole lot else there, and only so many targets can go to Alvin Kamara. Oh, Alvin Kamara, what the hell am I talking about? Other side of the field, Allen Robinson is the one that's out. I'm putting Jimmy Graham back on the Saints instead of having him on the Browns. So Allen Robinson being missing leaves 10 targets per game available for other bears and Jimmy Graham, as long as he remembers to put on the right helmet in this game, uh, he should benefit from that. So revenge game, revenge game for Jimmy. That's uh, There we go. Now let's go back to reality and defenses. Jared, where's your focus? 
there's not a single D that sticks out for me this week. Yeah. So I guess the three I'm considering in cash, starting with the most expensive, uh, the Titans at three thousand bucks. You know, not not a great defense, but the Bengals have already allowed a league high four sacks per game, and they're going to be without three of their starting offensive linemen in this game. So I just think Tennessee is a pretty good sack bet. Um, the Bears at twenty eight hundred bucks. I mean, a bad matchup against the Saints on paper, but Bears are still a quality defense. They're at home. The weather might be bad in this game, so I think they're okay. Then the cheapest one I'm considering are the Browns at twenty six hundred bucks. Um, you know they they've just been an opportunistic defense this season. They're averaging two takeaways per game this year. I don't know if that's going to continue, but again for twenty six hundred bucks, they're at home. They're favorites against the Raiders. I think they're okay. Yeah, I agree that there's not much alike on defense this week. That actually puts Detroit at twenty five hundred against Philip Rivers in play for me, just because I don't like anything. That's one that's down in the low range where I can actually see some upside in playing against Phillip Rivers, but I have no argument for them beyond that. Tyler, who are your favorites on defense? For me, the the Buffalo Bills stood out at 3.3,000. They're at home facing a Patriots deep, uh, team that has lost three games in a row. Julian Edelman had surgery. Cam Newton's been a train wreck since, since getting with COVID a few weeks ago and it just seems like they're uh they're kind of trending towards tanking mode all of a sudden we get this injury on Stefan Gilmore Julian Edelman's having surgery they just appear to be on the brink of of doing something a little fishy wouldn't be surprised if, if that's what they're actually doing and then I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Newton gets benched again I mean if he has a bad first quarter I can see them going to Jarrett Stidham Bills have a lot of upside at 3.3 thousand a couple other defenses in the two thousand dollar range I had the Browns, Jared mentioned them. Detroit, you mentioned them. And then the Dolphins, I think at 2.4 thousand, are in play against Jared Goff. Dolphins defense has been pretty good this season, and they're going to be extremely low owned. I don't think we can use them in cash, but they have a, I mean, they've been playing pretty well and they've been getting pressure. And, and Jared Goff under pressure's never been good. So I think they're a sneaky defense with upside this week. Jared, I think he's trolling you, trying to get you to play the Dolphins at 2,400 in cash. Hey, any defense that cheap, I, I think is fine. Yeah, on the higher end, if you do have money left over, the Rams at 3,800 against Tua Tungavailoa in his first ever start. And I mean, it, I think we'd all love to play the Chiefs against the Jets, but it's going to cost $4,500 to do so. So that would be the kind of thing where I get to the end of my lineup yeah. setting and I'm like, well, I don't really like the jump up at any of these other positions for that salary. So I guess I do have room for the Chiefs now. Yeah, I mean, I could sit here and say the Chiefs are a good tournament play, but I know once I start building lineups, there's there's no way I'll spend you know forty five hundred bucks on a defense. Right. Well, that's gonna do it for this week eight DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get cash game recommendations from Jared, tournament picks from Tyler, who will also lay out his favorite stacks for the week. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections, fan share ownership projections, and imported player salaries. Come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in week eight of the crown is ass challenge you can also find us on twitter we are at draft sharks jared is at smola ds tyler is at tyler syracuse with an i and i am at shout ds it's s-c-h-a-u-f for jared small and the rest of the draft for jared small tyler syracuse and the rest of the draft sharks crew i'm matt shout saying thanks so much for coming with us